0: are you ready to go offside because it's time for offside hockey talk with your host james roberts and
1: myself doug ireland offside hockey talk is brought to you by our sponsor muskoka spray foam insulation visit msfi.ca for details on how to get your home spray foam insulated speaking of being insulated the Toronto Maple Leafs have insulated their core, Mr. Doug J. Ireland, with the signing of Mitch Marner. The core is together for the next five years. Yes. Aside from asking you, how are you doing? I need to ask you how damn excited are you that we're not going to December to talk about Mitch Marner? <laughs> it is done. He is in camp. He is on the ice with the newest father of the Maple Leafs, John Tavares. It is a good damn day, Doug. How do you feel? Uh,
0: I'm I'm definitely excited, but I think as excited as I am, I'm also much more relaxed. Uh, my God, it's it's nice not to have to worry about that anymore. I just. I was honestly not looking forward to another like month, two months, however long that could have potentially gone. I'm just, yeah, it's so nice just to be able to focus on
1: hockey. Yeah. There's a couple things for me that came to the forefront of this whole situation. Okay. The first one here, you look at the fact the Maple Leafs kind of let loose that, Hey, we offered this guy the $11 million by seven years. He turned it down. Didn't want it. Yada, yada, yada. We all know what happened by that point. They got back to the negotiating table we know a deal came together rather quickly. If you believe Darren Dreger and the other guys who were reporting on this, they said on Friday, things seemed to be coming to a point or to a head. Um, you know, this issue should be resolved rather quickly. Here's my whole spin on it, okay? Mitch Marner didn't sign the deal that was offered to him in June. Apparently, along the same lines, just a year shorter that he signed. The problem I have with the whole entire situation is, they were the ones who put the narrative into the media and said they were going to go chase down offer sheets in May and June. They were the ones who said, you know, we may sign an offer sheet. We may go to Switzerland. We may go here. We may go there. Now, Mitch Marner's agent's saying, oh, you know, we didn't actively pursue offer sheets. And, uh, you know, there was a couple presented to my client, but he, uh, he turned them down because he wanted to be a Maple Leaf. You know what? Maybe he did want to be a Maple Leaf. But you guys and Darren Ferris was the one who put this out there to begin with. He's the one who spun this rhetoric about this. He's the one who got all the vitriol and problems and venom spit at Mitch Marner. So the deal is done. It's over with. Let's put it to bed and enjoy the fact. I just wanted to pull out the how bullshit Darren Ferris negotiations are. Okay. It didn't work with Josh Anderson. It didn't work with Andreas at the CU. And look at this. He got Mitch Marner paid, but it was a deal the Police were already willing to offer, anyways. So yep. really, what was gained here, other than in the court of public opinion, making Ferris and Marner look bad? I mean, that's all that was gained.
0: They, so th- what they're trying to do is is bring some of that hatred. I'm not going to say hatred. Some of that that anger that Leafs Nation was feeling towards Marner. They're trying to to flip that on its head. By saying that, oh, look, he turned down these offer sheets like he's such a nice guy. He hey, only wants to be here's the thing. I don't believe that. I don't I don't I don't buy that. OK, I think it's the exact opposite. Um, now, now you have a guy that, you know, for a fact was only seeking offerships so that he could suck more money out of the franchise. That's the way I look at it. Like. So I'm st- I'm still frustrated with Marner. This this again. This should not have been a cloud that that hung over the the team going into training camp. It's great that it's dealt with. Don't get me wrong. I'm glad Mitch Marner's a Maple Leaf, and I really, as much as some people think we overpaid, I feel like eventually it'll co- it'll come to everybody's like realization that we maybe even underpaid for this excellent hockey player. But at the same time, it, you can't act like this was a that we were getting. A, and by you, I mean Marner. You he can't act like this is a discount for this team you can't act like this was his plan. Like, you know, you don't, if you're going to, if you're going out and seeking offer sheets and you're putting that into the media, you don't also get to flip that on its head and say, Oh yeah, well I turned them down. Like you could have just signed in June for basically the exact same deal, but for like one more year, big deal. Right. So,
1: well, yeah, here's the thing. Again, we heard in the summer that Columbus did approach Mitch Marner and ask him to sign an offer sheet or to join the Columbus blue jackets to which Darren Ferris told them, no, he wants to remain a Maple Leafs. We already knew this happened. Okay. So to bring this out now and talk about this now is, is ridiculous to me. It's utterly ridiculous. Manipulation is what it is. Well, No, it's PR control is what it is. It's trying to make Mitch Marner look a little bit better. Here, here's the thing. Mitch Marner touched the ice in Paradise, Newfoundland on Sunday morning with John Tavares by his side. And the crowd erupted. (laughs) What Darren Farris should have done is kept his yap shut once the deal was done. You are no longer needed in the media now. Don't go out there and say, well, he turned it down. If Mitch wants to go and talk to Darren Dreger or Chris Johnston or Elliot Friedman and say, yeah, we turned down these deals, let him do it. But do not you don't need to be out there anymore, Mr. Ferris. It's over. Your, your part is done. <laughs> go count your cash and sit back and then repeat this whole process with not an RFA, a UFA, and I'm going to wonder what the process is going to be when you have Taylor Hull and you're marketing him To 31 teams. You can't say he's going to withhold his services anymore. So what is your playbook? I want to know what your playbook is. Because obviously what you do. Doesn't work. Because the deal that was on the table for Marner. Really didn't seem to change very much. It went down a year. It's six years instead of the seven the Maple Leafs offered. And it's a hair under $11 million. (laughs) So. That was offered apparently in June. So. They didn't gain anything here. But anyways. I digress. Mitch Martyr is in camp. I am damn excited. From what I hear, Kerfoot is flying. You know, uh, Tyson Berry seems to be another fast guy the Leafs have. And it's looking great. We don't have Hyman. We don't have Dermot. But if you watch the funny videos of them trying to pick apart the Newfoundlandese language. It is awesome. And I, if you guys have not seen that, I highly recommend going to the Toronto Maple Leafs Twitter or Instagram and watch the boys try to figure out these Newfoundland sayings. It is freaking awesome.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, you have to go and watch the guys kiss the fish, right? I mean, if you, if you aren't watching them kiss kiss a
1: fish, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> Listen, I, I forget. I think it, was, uh, it might have been Tyson Berry who got the fish last And uh, it was Freddie who kissed it before him. And uh, Barry said when he kissed the fish, it it was a little wet. So he was wondering what Freddie did to it before him. Austin said he got to the fish first, so they all got his sloppy seconds. (laughs) But it's a pretty cool thing to see the boys screeched in. It's also really cool to see all the players coming together over there in Newfoundland and doing all the different little things. You know, it's it's awesome to see them go into a community, embrace it, and just be a huge part of it. Something that really stood out to me about uh, Morgan Riley, um, I don't know if a lot of people read this yet, but he was signing autographs for so long that the Leafs PR people took the Sharpie he had away from him to try to indicate that he needed to stop signing autographs. <laughs> and Morgan Riley basically just said, fuck it, and started grabbing people's Sharpies and started signing things with other people's Sharpies. And stayed there to the point where the Maple Leafs PR staff was like, screw it. You can stay here as long as you want. We're done with you. So, I mean, that is pretty cool.
0: I mean, there's a lot of people that are in Newfoundland that maybe have never seen the Maple Leafs play in person. Like, you got to assume there's at least a, a portion of those people there. Then this might be their only chance. Uh, To get to see the Maple Leafs play in person And it's actually them It's not like you know There's a, there's a lot of uh, prospect games and stuff That float around the league And there's you know Maybe a, a team that'll have Maybe like two or three guys That are actually ever going to make that, that NHL team At least uh, in the short term Whereas this training camp is this is like this is the full training camp out in Newfoundland. I think this is really great. It's a great way to drop support in the Maritimes, which like historically have, have had strong Maple Leaf support. It's great to see them supporting a community like that. So yeah, I'm all on board with the uh, training camp taking place in Newfoundland.
1: No, it is wicked. Another thing that's going on in Newfoundland, okay? For whatever reason, the Maple Leafs just cannot figure out one position. And that is the backup goaltending. And from what I'm hearing, Michael Neuwirth, who was brought in on PTO and seemed to have the inside track on being the backup goaltender for Freddie Anderson, who actually came out in the media and kind of challenged Babcock about his playing time, saying he wanted to play between 50 and 60 games this season so he can be a little bit more rested in load management, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But it looked like Neuwirth had the inside track, but he is now injured with a groin injury. Um, you know, and I don't know what the trust is in Hutchinson. Um, you know, Corpus Allo doesn't seem to exactly be high on the list to be in there. Or not Corpus Allo, uh, Cascasool. I don't know why I went Corpus Allo thinking of Columbus Boot Jackets, but <laughs> it doesn't seem like, um, they have a lot of trust in Hutch. Um, you know, Hutch in the clutch was, was something we had trending last year from offside, but it doesn't seem like they have the, uh, the utmost trust in that guy right now. And Noivert seemed to be even, even though the bad seven games he had last year, it looked like he is going to be the one to back up. So, Doug, I'm wondering now. You see these injuries, you see them mounting. Who do you think is going to be the backup goaltender for the Maple Leafs? I mean, so what I was looking to see from
0: any of the goalies was someone stand out with with a high level of improvement compared to the last time we got a chance to look at them. And I just, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not seeing that. I don't see it in Noivert. I don't see it in in Kaskisuo. I don't see it in uh, in Hutchison. Like one of these guys has to step up. You, they can't just, you know, steady improvement is not going to be good enough from a, any of those three guys. I think it's it's going to, unfortunately, uh, this issue is going to stretch into the beginning of the year. Uh, we're going to have to wait until at least one of these guys gets a chance to, to show what they can do in the backup goaltender position. And the other thing to keep in mind is, as Sparks demonstrated last year, there's a hell of a lot more to being the backup goalie for the Maple Leafs than than just playing good in a in a few dozen games even uh, there's 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 a huge aspect to the amount of pressure it takes to be either goaltender starting or backup for the Toronto Maple Leafs and I just you know that's something that you're not going to see these guys uh, see from these guys until the season has started until they've one of them is settled in at that at that backup position I will say the one thing that I like uh, is Kaski Swoe is the youngest of them. He has the most room for improvement, uh, literally, just because you know you spend three years trying to get Hutchison to step his game up. He's gonna be 32 years old. Uh, same thing with uh, with Neuberth, who I think he's 31. I think he's 31 years old. Like these, basically these guys. I, I won't. I'm not gonna say they're past their prime because they're not, but they're definitely in that that pocket of their of their careers. Kaski Swoe has has time to grow and improve, and you know. So it could be a case where you give one of the other guys the backup goaltending job just because that's they're in their prime or whatever. Particularly Hutchison at, at uh, 29 years old. And then you give Gasky Swoe, you know, another 2 3 years to to improve uh, down in the minors in the AHL. So yeah, I don't know. It's uh it's interesting. It's uh certainly nice to be focused on this, which is like I would say a real issue rather than like writing numbers and letters on a paper. Like we have been focused the past few months. I'd much rather be focused on something that has to do with hockey, which this is. So, I mean, I'm the other thing is to keep in mind is we, we have a great goalie Anderson. Um, You can't, when you have such a, 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 a highly skilled goaltender, you don't have to worry about as your, your backup goaltending as much. They only need to be acceptable. We said last year, you put your backup goalie in. You're basically accepting that you're going to give up two to three goals. Um, Those are games that our forwards are going to have to step up, that our defensemen are going to have to step up and help shore up, make it easier of a job for them. You know, There's a reason you have a good, like a a distinct starting goalie and a backup goalie, and it's because one of them generally is better than the other one. Everybody was spoiled with McElhenney and how good he played, almost as good, if not better than Anderson. Like I'd say McElhenney in the short term, playing three or four games uh, or whatever for, for every 10, He's he might have arguably been a better goaltender than Anderson, uh, but he just couldn't sustain that the same way that Anderson could. So that's that's the way I'm looking at it. Um, personally, I'd be I'd be happy to see. I'm not. I don't know that I'm sold on Neuvirth. You know, coming in from a from a PTO. That's not. That just doesn't happen that often. But I think it would be wrong of me to discount him just solely based on the fact that it was his his pickups based on a PTO and not someone that we developed internally or signed internally or whatever. So. Yeah, I think uh, I think what I my prediction to do a kind of a mini prediction season here is I think Hutchinson is going to start the year uh, and you're going to see Kasky Swoe kind of swoop in. Um I could I could be wrong it's going to come down to Ken Noyvert impress. Um I'm wondering who they're going to start tomorrow. I'm like generally like it's probably going to be Anderson, right? But they they're going to have to start one of these guys for one of these preseason games, right?
1: They're going to have to start them. I know Freddie Anderson is in the lineup for tomorrow. Um, the list did come out. Um, I don't know who the second goalie is on that list, um, but I did see Freddie on the uh, the list by Kristen Shilton. Um, I can definitely double-check and see if I can find that as we spin through time and space. Um, the other thing we didn't think of, too, is if you look at the fact that the Toronto Maple Leafs also will be watching the waiver wire to see what is happening with players coming in um, and going on the waiver wire to be picked up, much like we had done to us last year. So uh, just be be wary of that too for, for people getting picked up. Also, I look at this. Another injury that befell the Leafs, I believe, was uh, Joseph Wool. He snapped his finger. So he is another... Um, Another least prospect goaltender that's injured right now too. So we have a lot of these guys around, and we have to start taking stock on what we have in the organization. I think before we keep bringing in, but this year we need someone for a stopgap. You also got to figure how much money we have in the cap left over to be able to sign someone. So yeah. I don't know. I think you might be right. I think you might be right.
0: One thing that I don't I know is not going to happen is we are not going to make a trade for a backup goalie. That's just not gonna happen. I c I can't we're like,
1: I just that's ridiculous. I don't know. Well, I will tell you that Kaskasuo is the backup to Anderson tomorrow. Nice. Okay. Along with a few regulars playing, uh, Tavares, Spetza, they're taking a look at Jordan Schmaltz, Muzzin's playing, Marner's playing, Trevor Moore, um, Goat and then a bunch of guys, uh, Kapanen's playing too. Then a bunch of guys that haven't really been in the lineup. Oh, Tyson Berry too. No Marner, Varis. But anyways, or... what's that? No Marner or Tavares though. I said Marner and Tavares. No, oh, you did. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Threw yeah, it. the the entire the entire line that looks like it's going to start the season of Tavares, Marner, and Kapanen are in the lineup for tomorrow. I got distracted by Schmaltz.
0: I just wanted to say that name a few times. Schmaltz. <laughs> Schmaltz.
1: And by the way, complete underrated follow for some people who don't know. Make sure you check out Kristen Shilton. A lot of people know and do, but I'm surprised by the amount of people who don't follow her and don't see all the stuff she posts about the Maple Leafs. But anyways, moving forward, the other thing that's in camp right now, and I love the fact the Maple Leafs did this, because every season that we haven't had one of these, we go into the season and there's a whole bunch of, do we need a captain? Who's the leader? What's the leadership group? Rah, rah, rah. Well, this season, Mike Babcock stepped in front of the cameras and said, we are going to put it to bed finally. We're going to put it to rest and all the speculation. We will have a captain. So now the speculation begins. You think they're going to announce it opening night. I think they're going to have a media gala and a big to-do like they did when Dion Phaneuf was named captain at Real Sports where they brought in all the old captains and had the whole media conglomerate show up and do a whole bunch of photo ops i think that's what's going to happen here with austin matthews um and you know i heard this on Leafs lunch you know it's going to take one picture of some warehouse somewhere in toronto that has all the maple leaf jerseys with the austin Matthews c already stitched on it but you you have a different theory so go ahead my friend well as you already said i'm thinking that they're going to uh
0: they are going to put this out on opening night. They won't, it won't be an announcement. You're literally going to have to wait until they introduce whoever it is. Uh, Everybody seems to think it's Austin Matthews. I think it's going to be, I still think it's going to be John Tavares. I think he still makes the most sense as a captain to me. I know there's a lot of people that think, Oh, it's got to be Matthews got to be captain Matt. I just, I'm not saying that he's a bad option for captain. I don't know that you could, you could really truly go wrong with, with a choice when you have guys like, like uh, Tavares and, and Matthews and Morgan Riley, there's like there's three maybe even four guys that would make sense as captain. I saw someone on Twitter saying that they might uh, they might make Spezza captain, which I don't believe in that. I think uh, for the same reason you you won't see Spezza for captain for the same reason you didn't see Tavares captain last year. But last year Or Marlowe. was Or Marlowe. <laughs> but uh, I just go back to what we said or at least what I said so often last year is that you can't make Tavares captain until he's gone through he's gone through the green mile pipe and with this team. And he's done that now he's gone to the first round. He's lost to Boston. He's one of those guys now. So I think it makes more sense than ever to make John Tavares captain, especially because it seems like last year they were, they were waiting for that. Like, like they could have made Matthews captain last year and they just didn't maybe whether it was because he wasn't mature enough. Who knows? I think it was because they were waiting to make Tavares captain. I could be wrong. Now there's, there's been a lot of speculation about Matthews because there's been a few little, uh, I'm going to call them Easter eggs that have that fans have been picking up on. Um, one of them has been uh, there was a picture of Carlton, the bear driving the ferry to Newfoundland. And it was something like, oh, Captain, my captain or the caption was something like that, something like, oh, Captain Carlton. And then on the floor, you see on uh, Austin Matthews jersey, just kind of like hiding in a bag. And a lot of people like really read into that. The other thing is there's been a picture floating around of Austin Matthews in a warehouse. Uh, With a C, Uh, a lot of people seem to think it's photoshopped. Uh, I'm not skilled enough at photo manipulation to know if that's true. I know that it looks a little off and funny and isn't exactly high res. And everybody has a high res uh, uh, camera on their phone these days. Uh, There's also a different picture that was officially released by Leaves PR that... uh, looks like they photoshopped out a C on his Jersey. And then I read on Reddit, a guy that broke down why it wasn't a C, see, including the brand of shoulder pads that Austin Matthews wears and how it can make a little apparent C shape on the, uh, <laughs> on his Jersey. So, I mean, there's definitely evidence that suggests that it could be Matthews. It, it's, it's a little funny that the, here's the thing is if you're going to shoot a, uh, a promotional thing with Matthews this year. He's going to be wearing a Jersey with a C on it. Almost definitely. Right. Like, I don't know. I think a lot of people were just hoping to see it announced before the NHL 20 cover was announced, <laughs> was announced. So they could see Matthews with a C on the cover of NHL 20. But
1: I don't know. What's your take, James? Listen, I think it's going to be awesome. Matthews. Um, the reason why I think it's going to be Austin Matthews, my friend is if you look at the amount of jerseys over in paradise, Newfoundland, a lot of them are Austin Matthews jerseys. So, You know, this guy has high marketability, is visible with the fan base, is a superstar, is out there, omnipresent, and not to mention the fact that for the past two summers, where did Mike Babcock go? Where did he sit down? Who did he think to speak with and see what they can do to not only further Austin Matthews' game, but to further the team in general? So if your coach is going to sit with this guy and speak with this guy, that indicates to me he sees leadership qualities within him. Now, I heard, I think it was Steve Simmons say, you know, he thinks that Zach Hyman shows a lot of qualities that could be a captain. You know, I love Zach Hyman. I think he would actually make a really great captain if you didn't already have the options of Austin Matthews, Morgan Riley, John Tavares. You know, you go down the list of guys that you could put the C on. So I think in my heart of hearts, it's going to be Austin Matthews. I have an Austin Matthews jersey with the C on it. So (laughs) it's going to happen. That's the way it's going to be. I tweeted it out on the Offside account. I tweeted it out on my own account. It is Offside saying that Austin Matthews is going to be the next captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Hands down, book it. It will be done before opening night. Like I said, big media to do. And that'll be the way that it goes.
0: I think uh, it's interesting that you bring up Hyman because he really could be a sleeper pick for captain. You're talking about a guy that's a children's author. That's arguably the hardest working guy on the team. Uh, he's incredibly media savvy. He's got his E uh, 11 gaming and stuff. I think, I think that he, he would make sense uh, as a sleeper pick for captain. I, uh, so, It's just that, it's like you said, Matthews is out there. He's known, he's recognized. Like you say, Toronto Maple Leafs, a lot of people instantly think Austin Matthews. Uh, I've heard people that thought he was the captain already. (laughs) That Generally, that bodes well for someone who might be turned into the captain. So... Yeah, I, just, I I I just the only I think the only thing we're really in disagreement about is that uh, there's going you think there's going to be a to do and a big kind of uh, pre-season ceremony where they announce him, and I think that if he's going to walk out on opening night, what I I, I think they need to avoid Dion Phaneuf syndrome. Uh, that's one of the advantages actually of Hyman is that you're you're going to him getting the C I think would elevate his play compared to a guy like Matthews where now there's additional pressure put on him to play a certain way and put a certain amount of effort in every game, blah blah blah. Um, so I hope they're, I I would think, and I would hope that they're trying to avoid Dion Phaneuf syndrome with, with Austin Matthews. I think a good step towards that is not having any kind of big to do and just saying, yeah, he's the captain on the opening night announces and you're captain Austin Matthews. I just think that that would be a great moment. It would be really good for everyone present. Anybody watching to, to see him come out with the C on his Jersey for the first time. I think that makes the most sense. Um, I I honestly I honestly hope they don't do the preseason ceremony like you you think is going to happen. So yeah,
1: <laughs> they're gonna do it that way. Uh, it's tradition, man. They're the Maple Leafs. They're tra- the Maple Leafs, brother. They've been esch- everything when they do these things, they do it big. That's what the Maple Leafs. It's do. True,
0: it's true. But they've been trying to eschew tradition and change things and new face on the organization and all that for the past like five years now, right? I think like I think that's this that's a step towards that type of change that's needed. I don't know. I would. Once I would. I'd be interested in knowing how each team has gone about announcing their captains, and if doing a a preseason cap, like if I'm sorry, if not doing a preseason captain announcement, announcing an open open night, just exactly how common that is. So I don't know. I don't know. We seem to be in agreement that it's most likely going to be Matthews, though. <laughs>
1: At least. <laughs> well, listen. It's a good thing. It's it's the only training camp. You know, it's not even the preseason technically yet. We haven't gotten into the the nitty-gritty back home. You know, the Leafs made some cuts. They got rid of STA. They got rid of Robertson. They got rid of some guys. Here's the thing, okay? Right now, we all know nothing. It's just like the minor contract. We know nothing until it's done. So we believe it might be Matthews. Could be this guy. Could be that guy. Could be before the season. Could be opening night. Opening night, I will hand you that, my friend. It would be amazing. And I think it was Adam Wild um, of another podcast who said that, you know, it would be great if you waited and skipped over his number, you know, in the opening night lineup yeah. and as the last person you announced, and you like you said, and your captain number 34, Austin, Austin Matthews, Matthews. Matthews <laughs> and just have the music hit with him come out with the C on his chest, you know, and do whatever he wants to do with that right center him or whatever you want to do. I think people would go bananas, but I know what the Leafs do and we all know what the Leafs do. They will have a to do. They'll have a thing, and that'll be you know whatever. And he'll walk in the dressing room like Dion Phaneuf did on his first day of captaincy, and he'll do what Brian Burke was so proud of and turn up the music and change it to something he likes because that is what a captain does.
0: <laughs> I think the risk the risk with uh, waiting until opening day to announce it is that you 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 might have someone who announce it like preemptively and try to get that scoop that like oh I found out it was awesome as we're already seeing happen with all this analysis of 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 press footage and various like easter egg hunts and all this that's happening so uh, doing ju- getting Can out someone in front better of
1: it. call CSI yeah <laughs> oh gosh <sighs> see this is what this is what happens to a fan base when you no longer have contracts to worry about you start trying to figure out where the imaginary C was drawn on the jersey yeah okay that's where we're at now <laughs> and the fun part is There is so much, Doug. There is so much happening with the Leafs right now. So many new players. So many new guys who are going to get a shot in the lineup. Different line combinations. I'll tell you right now. Okay? I am damn happy to see Kapanen with Marner and Tavares. That sounds like a deadly line. And then Andreas Janssen with Mr. Austin Matthews and William Nylander. Feed me that some more. And then Alexander Kerfoot riding with Ilya Mikheyev we don't know who's going to do what, but I hope he does well. And then you pencil in who you want, Nick Patan, Trevor Moore. So many guys have an opportunity to make some noise right now. And then you have the wily vet sitting down in the four hole of Jason Spezza, who could be playing with Kenny Agostino or Nick Shore. There's so much, so many players for depth right now. It's going to be awesome to see what the Maple Leafs finally can do with the depth that Badcock wanted the defense that we've all craved, and no contract distractions. (laughs) And one person, one arsehole, brings up the fact that only Riley is signed beyond the season for defense. I will lose my ever-loving mind. This is the most talented team we've put together. Frickin' enjoy the season now. The big boys are signed. Everything else will play out the way that it will. Enjoy this season. Period. End of story. Don't talk about any contracts. Enjoy the freaking season. I told you before, Doug, I think we were robbed of last season. I I feel like we were robbed of all the excitement of having Tavares because you had Nylander, you had Matthews, and you had Marner come out, and they all had their problems throughout the year. I still feel like the magic of John Tavares last year was lost because of what happened. And
0: he had a career year on top of that, and yet for the first, like half third to a half of the season all anyone would talk about is Nylander and then even after he signed it was focused on him underperforming and it's just like buddy we have John Tavares having a career year we have Mitch Marner in his like third second or third I was his third season right last year with 90 some odd points like what like you have to focus on the negatives that much like come on this year there's no excuse um you know assuming that like you know there isn't some horrible injury the only thing that really that i really wish we had going into the start of this year is a healthy hymen i can even give up not having a healthy dermot to start because that's going to give us a look at some defensemen that we might need to fill a depth position but i really feel like not having hymen is not
1: ideal like uh they uh i believe listen we have some players that are hymen light or hymen-esque if you want we have guys like trevor moore apparently elia mckeo plays a little snarl Kasperi Kapanen said that he wants to play with that edge that Hyman has. He worked hard all summer to beef up a little bit to be able to do that. So there's some guys on the team that, that realize, hey, if you do the things that Zach Hyman does, you'll get the opportunity under this coach to ride shotgun with a pure premier offensive talent. And the first two lines have two premier offensive talents. So... You know, you look at a guy like Andreas Janssen, you know he's going to bring some tenacity. Cappy wants to do the same thing. So if those two guys can get rolling, then you throw in the third line. And if you want to ease Hyman back into the lineup when he comes back, you put him down there with Kerfoot and Mikheyev and let him ease himself back into full Hyman mode. And then you slap the hashtag Hyman hustle back to the first line.
0: (laughs) Uh, It feels good to be using that again. (laughs)
1: it's going to be used all season listen guys this is season three we are a little rusty on the Leafs talk forgive us we are so used to having awesome guests on that we had on all summer so forgive us a little bit here you know we're bouncing all over the place we're like kids in a candy store okay (laughs) there's so many good things to talk about the vibe is so fresh and so fun you know you see them on the ice you get lit up like a candlestick so you know right now boys and girls enjoy what we have, enjoy this camp, enjoy all of this, because soon it will be down in the nitty and gritty, and I'm sure there'll be something someone's freaking out about, whether it's ice time or this or that. I'm going to enjoy the season for what it is. And, you know, speaking of enjoying things, it appears our friends over in Washington are not <laughs> going to be enjoying the services of one Jenny Knetsov, as he is now suspended for three games for testing positive for cocaine. So I mean it is an unfortunate situation. Okay? Yeah. But anybody who can sit there and say, you know, it's a recreational boys kind of drug and, you know, it's when they go just like weed, you go and you do da da da." no no no. Sorry, man. For someone like myself who grew up around that stuff and how I can see how it destroys families and destroys people if it's not treated and looked after and taken care of when it needs to be and where it can lead. I think you need to get ahead of this right away. And there's so many people who say, well, I want to know how much it's used within the NHL. How many players use it? This is a rich boys club where they all do this stuff. Well, I don't think that's the case entirely. I know that there is a lot of usage of things within the NHL from things that I've heard through other people, other podcasts, you know, but I don't want that to be the normal. And uh, maybe that's me looking at the world with rose-colored glasses. But I think you need to get ahead of this stuff, because there will be some young kid seeing that, hey, Mr. Evgeny Konetsov can play at the high level he does and still do this shit. So why can't I? You know. And I'm not saying it like, oh, I'll take steroids and I'll be fine just like him. No, you know, if it's a recreational drug, everybody's gonna think, well, you know, if they're they're. They can perform at a high level, so can I. And then someone gets hooked. You know, I've seen it. I've seen it happen. So I think you need to pump the brakes. You need to make sure this guy gets the helps he has. And I think the NHL needs more stringent testing for performance-enhancing drugs and for this kind of stuff. And something that pisses me off to the max is Schmidt from Vegas last year had a micromilligram or whatever, pictogram or whatever, Of some sort of steroid and got suspended for how many? Like 20 or 30 or 40 games or something? Yeah. And Kuznetsov has a video of him doing this stuff (laughs) and then gets caught again with this stuff in his system and only gets three games. That doesn't sit well with me. i think I'm part, sorry it doesn't. It's a banned substance. I think part of the reason
0: is because he was upfront about it. Like when he was caught, he didn't, he didn't try to fight it. He wasn't, you know, he, he aggr- like, uh, I'm going to quote Kuznetsov here. He says, quote, I agree to the suspension. I want to say thanks to the NHL players association, to the NHL for their support and to the fans. There's a lot of people who are support- supporting me and I'm going to appreciate it. And as a hockey player, the only chance to say thanks to them is to prove it on the ice Growing as a person I want to get better And I'm going to learn From this for sure That's what you End quote That's what you have to say That's how you have To handle this I mean it's like As you said It's particularly dumb That he was he, I don't know That he was actually On video doing it But he wasn't the same He was close I think it was on the table In front of him Or something and,
1: yeah, it was. Well, it's in the, uh, That's what I mean. And I, then and I should then, clarify my statement. It was in the same video as him, three lines in front of him. And
0: then days later, you get cut. Like it, it takes. It only takes a few days to get it out of your system. That means after that video came out, after it went public, he didn't stop. That's the indication that this was a serious problem and not just like you know some guy going off and having a good night or something. Like and 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 the other part of that is even me saying that that's like under that's exactly that's like underplaying the seriousness of the situation these are guys that kids look up to these are guys that that all types of of people look to for for any kind of support in their own daily lives and to see a guy that can't even get through being a, a superstar nhl player without this stuff it's just it hits you hard uh, and speaking to hard Ovechkin himself said about Kuznetsov quote, it's hard. He made a mistake, but what we have to do is support him and be on his side. You don't throw him under the bus or something like that. And as, as much as I agree that maybe this suspension should have been harsher, uh, I'm I'm going to go, and this is an assumption. I don't know that there's any, pro- I'm going to go ahead and guess that he, he meaning Kuznetsov took proactive steps to go to this problem. Like, I would suspect that he went to rehab or and did this before the suspension was handed out, and I would guess that the league looked at that and said, "Okay, this is a guy that legitimately wants to get better. He's not trying to to play the game and get away with this.
1: He's he's." Uh, I'm gonna stop you right quick, just cause you're gonna get hounded for this when on Twitter and other social media. So what happened was the IIHF suspended um, Evgeny Kuznetsov for the the cocaine yeah. use, yeah, because he said test me you know, I'll pass. Obviously they did. He didn't pass. Um, then the NHL came out afterwards and said he is a uh, voluntarily entered the substance abuse program. Yeah. This latest development has come afterwards. Oh. Which latest? So you, you need to follow the timetable, right? So you have the double IHF issue. Then you have him getting suspended by the double IHF. Then you have him voluntarily going to the NHL substance abuse program And then you have this now where he's been suspended. So if I'm seeing this right and and they're not retroactively suspending him after he's done the treatment, I'm assuming this is a new incident where they now, the NHL just tested him and he tested positive. So if you follow that timeline, like you just said before, he's obviously still using. So he didn't voluntarily go into this program you know to listen the suspension from the NHL the way that i understand it from what i'm seeing is when they double just suspended him the NHL came out and said he's going to enter the voluntary substance abuse program obviously he must have used after that and this is where the suspension is stemming from
0: i mean from what i've read it's the the suspension is based on that IIHF test and not the NHL's own testing that but like that's 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 what i've picked up on i'm gonna quote the uh the montreal gazette here uh quote the suspension stems from a positive test for cocaine at the 2019 ihf world championships on may 26 the the ihf already banned him from international competition for four years the ban took effect on june 13th 2019 to me that sounds like that there this suspension is based on that test and not the nhl's own testing um as far as I know, they they conduct the tests randomly. I don't know that they would be allowed to to single out someone, even in in light of like I don't know. I don't know the NHL's drug policy well enough. All right, just to me, everything that I've read seems to indicate that the suspension is based on the the test that the IIHF did, and it could be a case where they don't want to test him because they don't here, want to make something themselves like yeah Yep.
1: So so you are right. I will give you that. It, it does appear that it is from the IIHF. So. You know, disregard my timeline. Obviously, I thought it was a new development. But what should be noted, and I'm going to read this right from uh, the hockey news what should be noted about Kuznetsov's suspension is that he has not been punished under the league's NHL, NHLPA performance enhancing substance program. When the news first came from the double IHS suspension, NHL Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly noted in a league release that cocaine, quote, is not considered a performance enhancing drug and therefore is not a prohibited substance. Yeah. End quote. Daily added that it is instead considered, hashed, sorry, quote, a drug of abuse that is tested for and for which intervention, evaluation, and mandatory treatment can occur in appropriate cases. End quote.
0: That's horrible. Quite frankly, so,
1: it should all be treated the same,
0: right? Like, if it's a banned substance, it's a banned substance. There shouldn't be like, oh, well, it's a slightly different type of banned substance. No, I'm sorry. You did something that you weren't supposed to. You should be suspended the same as anything. Like, you know, it shouldn't matter if, if you're abusing friggin' opium or if you're snorting cocaine, whatever. It shouldn't matter. Or, or shooting, uh, rubbing steroids on your arms, whatever it is. You shouldn't be doing it. And the consequences are similar. You're, you're becoming a—you are, at that point, a bad role model. And this is professional sports you're expected to conduct yourself to a a certain degree of civility and a certain degree of sophistication. And he didn't, and he's harming the reputation of the NHL and its players by doing it. It would be no different if he was doing steroids. So I don't, I don't see sense in that policy. To me, that seems like a policy that was written uh, because they know of the problems, like either the players association or the NHL knows how prevalent this stuff is. And they don't want to start just suspending all their star players left and right. Um, one thing I'll say is that I'm I'm glad that it's being handled in a way that, like, as Ovechkin said, you don't throw him under the bus, and no one's throwing this guy under the bus. This guy's getting support and help from his team and from should. the league. Which he should. Which That's he should. how it should be yep. handled. Maybe the suspension should be a bit more harsh. Um or maybe that suspension's shortness is based on the fact that he is coming out of this. I mean, the the guy is a brand new, I believe he just had his second kid and that would, his second kid was born, I think a few weeks before all this happened. And like, that's, that's about it. Like you have to have known that's gotta be one of the more stressful times in in your life. Like, um, again, I'm not trying to make excuses for the guy, but you still have to take, you had, do have to take stuff like that into account. Um, I think it's crazy that he's banned from IIHF hockey for 4 years. That to me that seems a bit too harsh. Like there's there's harsh, right? And there's there's like how do you contrast a 3 game suspension in the NHL with a 4 year suspension? One of those is too long or too short or both of them are. There's no there's no way that that should be the the two punishments that he's getting for this.
1: Different governing bodies, right? Different yeah. different set of rules. And that's what I said though. The NHL, I do believe, I don't care if it's for performance-enhancing drugs. I don't care if it's for recreational drugs. I don't care if it's for alcoholism. I don't care what it is. They need more stringent testing. From what we heard, yeah. and I think it was when we had Lance Hornby on, or it was um, either Lance Hornby or Terry Koshan, they had the two. You have two tests a year. Once you pass your second test, you're you're done. Yeah. You don't have another test. So once you do that, you, you basically know that you're you're in Party City. And not to say that's what they do, but you know what I mean? So once you have your second test that's mandated in the CBA, then you don't have to worry about it, Yeah, which is utter utter crap. But anyways, we you know what? Let's move on from this situation. I wish Mr. Kuznetsov the best of luck. Yep. I hope that he comes out of this on the good side. I've seen far too many people end up on the wrong side. So I hope that he learns from his mistakes. I hope that he gets to be a great player for the Washington Capitals and become a great role model for everyone that's involved um, and speaking of needing great role models and having everyone involved, the Winnipeg Jets right now really could use a little stability with everything that's going on with that team. They lose Tyler Myers. They lose Jacob Truba. And you could say, oh, they traded them. To me, they lost those two great defensemen. Now you have Big Buff on a leave of absence. There's no news or any breaking news of why he's on a leave of absence. Um Everyone hopes that he's okay. Everything hopes that everything is with him is okay. Um, You know the other news surrounding this team. You don't have a Patrick Liney signed. You don't have a Kyle Connor signed. Both RFA's. Patrick Liney is threatening to be in Switzerland. Kyle Connor wants to get signed. Has already announced that he hoped to be there for the beginning of training camp. So I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's in the water in Winnipeg right now. Um, I really hope that everything gets squared up. For that team, because when that team is rocking and rolling, the whiteout, the playoffs, everything in there is just wicked. And it seems like a wicked build in the play-in. Hella loud, awesome fans, but your heart goes out to Bufflin for whatever's going on. Um, you don't like to hear of a guy going into training camp instantly going on a leave of absence. Um, and I hope that Patrick Liney and uh, Kyle Connor get signed, but for whatever reason, I feel like Patrick Liney is going to be a player on the outs and leaving. Winnipeg. So you think that he's gonna get offer sheeted? Uh I don't think it's gonna be offer sheeted. I think he's gonna get traded. You get signed and traded? Uh I don't know if it's signed and traded. Uh it if it's it's more valuable for the Winnipeg Jets if it's a sign and trade because they can offer him the extra year where yeah. other teams can't. Yeah. Um and that may be something that comes down. For whatever reason, I just don't I don't get a warm and fuzzy feeling between the Winnipeg Jets and Patrick Line. Um you know, it even when you sp- they spoke when Chris Johnson spoke to him over the summer, you know he said you know we haven't had any com- communications, we haven't talked, you know it's it's been radio silent. Hmm. So, to me that sounds like a player that may not be there for much longer. And on the other hand, like I said, you had a guy like Kyle Connor come out and say no no no, I want to get a deal done before camp and I want to be in camp and I want to be a part of this team and so forth and so forth. Where the narrative with Patrick lining seemed a lot different. So. I don't know what's going on there. I don't know what's going on in Winnipeg, but like I said, you lose Tyler Myers. He went to Vancouver. You trade Jacob Truba to the New York Rangers. Your defense looks different. Yeah, you got Josh Morrissey signed, but not having Patrick Line and Kyle Connor, that hurts your offense. And it doesn't matter what rookies you have coming in. I know they got some highly tethered rookies on the, the horizon, one who was actually just in a car crash and is not participating in camp drills right now. Um, you know, wish him the best to get back on the ice quickly. But, you know, a player like Patrick Laine doesn't grow on trees. And, you know, the emergence of Kyle Connor, you know, I think it was 31 goals last year. You want those players in your lineup and you want them signed. Like I said, it just seems like there's something, something not right in Winnipeg. And I don't know if it's the coach. I don't know if it's players. But, um, you know, and another, just to touch on one other UFA. Um, another player was Brock Besser and breaking... He just signed a deal with the Vancouver Canucks. It's a three-year deal. So there's another RFA that is uh, signed and locked up just coming across the wire right now is Brock Besser. Holy mackerel. So you don't think the Leafs are going to offer sheet lining? <laughs> no, I don't think there are, but there there apparently are teams that are looking at offer sheeting players. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and one team that I do think that may make a move and uh, – failed at making a couple of moves in the summertime. They got spurned by uh, John Tavares last year and they got uh, spurned this year by another Maple Leaf-esque kind of player in Jake Gardner and didn't land Sebastian Ajo, is the Montreal Canadiens. Hmm. So I can see them maybe, maybe doing something to bolster their offense a little bit. Um, there's lots of players out there. And, Doug, I'm going to say this. We all sit here and wonder... How come the salary cap doesn't exist for the Tampa Bay Lightning? Well, it looks like it's about to in a big way because Braden point is not signed. Braden point wants a long-term high money deal. So I want to see what happens now. What are they going to move out in the old Tampa Bay? They got rid of Ryan Callahan over to the Ottawa senators in the summer. Uh, but then they went and brought in on a cheap contract, mind you, uh, Patrick Maroon. But they also brought in Kevin Shattenkirk, you know. So they bolstered their team a little bit more. And I think they are hoping they get a bridge deal like they did with um, with uh, oh, Jesus. What's his name there? I well, Kucherov. They got the bridge deal with Kucherov, and then Kucherov signed his big money deal afterwards. So I think they're hoping that Braden Point would do the same thing. But do- it doesn't appear that way. So now all eyes are starting to shift. To other teams and their RFAs and you know what I have to say it feels kind of good do you think uh
0: Kyle Dubas was kind of playing some uh, some high level chess and maybe maybe uh, offered as much as he did to Marner uh, knowing that other teams would struggle to sign their their RFAs do you think that, that that came into play with it at all or at least or at least it didn't hurt the amount that he was offering Marner
1: I knew, well, we all knew once we've seen the tweet that the fact they offered him, you know, the 11 mil over seven years, they already had a plan in place. They knew what they were doing. They knew what the offers were to come down to. So I don't know if it was high-level chess. I mean, they offered that offer in June, right? So if you talked it in June, where's the, the where's the chess right there, right? You know, other teams are going to operate within their budget. The Maple Leafs have something a lot of teams don't, and that's the ability to front load the contracts and, and make the deals a lot more sweet when they first kick in. But we'll see what happens with all these RFAs. Um, you know, they're going to be signing in the coming days. We see more and more of them signing. It seemed like once Woronski signed and Provorov signed and it started happening more and more. So, we'll see what goes on beyond that, but Doug there's something I really want to get excited about. The NHL and the NHLPA are not reopening the CBA, which means we have labor peace for two more seasons. Thank goodness. How bad would would it have been? extension.
0: How bad would it have been to go into the Leafs finally having everybody signed and losing one of those years to a lockout? I think that like Leafs, people would have, their brains would have exploded. Their minds, even if we win the Stanley Cup this year, people would have just lost it. They would have gone like berserk. And yeah, so I'm really glad that at least for the next two seasons, we're not going to have to even think about that or worry about it. Uh, if I recall, there's still some stipulation about the salary cap that could still come into play and it might not go up next year or something. Do you know anything about that?
1: Um, that's, uh, yeah, we had a great talk with um, uh, Patrick from the Vancouver Sun in the summer and it's because the players weren't using the inflator. Yes. Um. Yeah. So without using the inflator, the cap doesn't go up and dah, 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 dah. that's why it didn't go up so much this year because the players... Didn't extend, uh, didn't use the inflator to the full, I think, 5% or whatever it is. So that's the reason why the cap didn't go up. But from what I understand is the league and the, the NHLPA have shown the players what the projected revenues are from the new TV deal coming down and the money coming in from Seattle and how that will affect the cup or the cap and how that will affect the escrow and how that will grow all the players' salaries and so forth. So the players seem to be on board with that. So a lot of projections from what I hear have the cap steadily going up now year over year over year. So it does seem like the escalator and, and the inflator clause or whatever you want to call it will be used by these guys. So that is something, you know, you're not going to get better than a 50-50 split. No. Nope. I, I don't see that changing. It's very fair. Um, And really, the Olympics seem like a hill the players would die on, but I don't think they'd stop a season over it. Um, You know, and the only... The only begrudging problem there was between the owners and the players, Doug, was the fact that the owners were kind of mad at the players, not the owners, the GMs were kind of mad at the players for not using the full inflator because in doing so, it made the cap smaller, right? And the owners actually agreed with the players. They said, well, if I was a businessman and I'd take care of my own stuff, I'd be like the players and I wouldn't do that because that means I don't have to pay much more into escrow, you know, so forth and so forth, right? Um, we'll see what happens. Um, there's lots of things that could boil over in the next two years now. So we'll see. We will actually see. But right now I will enjoy the fact that we have two years more of great hockey in front of us.
0: Just to comment quickly on the Olympics. The Olympics are supposed to be for amateur athletes anyway. They're not meant for professional athletes. Um, one thing I'd like to see is, is any, prof- like I'm pretty sure that a lot of the guys from the, the Swedish leagues and uh, and the Finnish leagues and stuff, they're still allowed to play. no. If you're paid professionally, you shouldn't be an Olympic athlete. That's literally, that is the the whole point of the Olympic Games is the best amateur athletes from every country. The NHL is not, not amateur athletes. (laughs) They're the exact opposite.
1: Anyways. (laughs) Well, it has been awesome to get down to some nitty gritty Leafs talk. I'm glad we're in camp. We are going to be going full tilt now. We're going to have some more fun this season. You know, it has been great. I'm happy to get Offside back. It's season three. We'll have a lot more to talk about. Doug, I'm very happy to have you as a co-host as always, my friend. Welcome back, and let's go, go, go Leafs go.
0: Offside Hockey Talk was proudly brought to you by Muskoka Spray Foam Insulation. Visit msfi.ca for details on how to get your home spray foam insulated.